And we are back. We're here on the Ave. We are here on the Ave. How you feeling? What's going on, brother? You first. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling all right. We'll say I'm I'm feeling all right. Feeling all right. Um, yeah, it's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. You know, just just hanging in there. I'm I'm doing the best that I can. I had a a little issue earlier in the week. Um, oh wait, before we go into that, I am Christopher Robin, and not like the skinny little white boy. And I'm Kiddo, so also not like the skinny little white boy. At some point, we will start the intros at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Never. I hope, actually, we start moving them at the end. We'll just drop our names randomly throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. Just you know, keep people on the toes. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I had a, a little bit of a uh, an event um, on Monday of this week. Um Without going into too crazy detail, because it was a little, a little unnerving, uh-huh. I got uh, accosted by a young man and his cronies. <laughs> um, for why you ask? Because, and I quote, "I was standing in front of his mama's house." Yes, you heard it right. I was standing in front of his mom's nobody's house. Ever that's stood, why he tried to... Nobody's ever stood in front of somebody's mama's house. That's never happened before right? Before that night. Right? This is not a thing. This is not a thing that ever occurs in the world. Um, I was, like, walking to the train after I got off of work and uh, stopped to answer a text message. And I, I wasn't even paying attention to my surroundings, which, first mistake. Um but yeah, I got a text message and stopped to answer it. And I just hear like 50 feet away, maybe less, uh, somebody saying, hey, yo, bro, or something like that. And I was like, couldn't be talking to me because I don't know anybody here. Like, And then like a few more times, like three or four more times he kept saying it. And I was just like, definitely not talking to me, clearly talking to somebody else until he just basically rolled up on me and was like, Ayo, bro, you I, And I was like, at, you know, looking down at my phone, I looked up at him and I'm just like, yes, I'm fine. Thank you. And it just like escalated from yes, I'm fine to him putting down his groceries or whatever um, and basically getting in my face and trying to fight me because I was standing in front of his mother's house. Um and to the point where I felt like he might have, like, taken out a weapon or, you know, something of that nature. And it was it was a little scary. And I guess when the people that he was with realized that, like, I'm just some random dude on the street, uh, they tried to, like, hold him back or, like, de-escalate the situation. He was really ready to, like, be in my face me because of me standing on the street. And I'm just like, are you, are you all right? everything okay at home i don't think it was is everything is everything okay at your mama's house like, uh to the point where he was making so much noise that his mother came out and she you know did her best to escalate the situation and it was just it was so wild and like you know i i, I say this all the time i'm in a new city as much as i've lived here for four years i'm still in a new city i don't i don't really know many people and I'm still learning the lay of the land. Mm-hmm. It was really scary because every city has their their 
you know, level of crime and violence or whatever, you know. Shout out to Camden, New Jersey, the most dangerous place in the United States. Oh, love um, it so much. <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know people here, so I don't know, like, how to necessary, necessarily interact with people or what, you know, I can say what I can't say, um, how I should interact or whatever. And in my head, I just, like, he's in my face. And he was, I had at least a good three or four inches and I, in my head, I was just like, don't let the, the, the nice hair and the pretty eyes and the pretty face, get, you know, fool you. I will haul off and beat your ass. Like, we don't condone, condone violence on the app. Uh, speak for yourself. But if we did. I did. <laughs> well, I condone um, a specific kind of violence against people. <laughs> uh, right. I'll keep my mouth shut on that one, but uh, you could DM me if you want to know. But yeah, it was just a, <laughs> it was just a re- weird, a really weird experience for me, um, and I, like I didn't really have much of a support system to turn where that was concerned because I was like, you know, it's my mom's biggest fear for me. You know, as a person, one of her biggest fears is like people just attacking me for no reason because of the way I look. Like I'm not to say that I'm super ostentatious, but you know, I, I, I like bright colors and I, I don't believe clothing should be gendered. So occasionally I, I am not opposed to wearing a dress. Right. Um, I haven't, but I'm not opposed. So it just is one of those things where I'm like, I can't even talk to my mom because it will reaffirm her biggest, right. You know, people just like attacking me because of who I am. Right. So, you know, I say all that to say it was it was a little scary. Now I I know what it's like living in D.C. Yeah, full full time. I'm getting the D.C. experience. Well, I mean, if if um if it's any consolation, I'm glad that uh you walked out of that situation the way you did because you know there are people that don't walk away from those kinds of situations. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm still here. I'm still kicking and. Might be kicking somebody. Who knows? Damn right. But anyway, what's going on with you? Talk to me. The things. Uh, not much. I've actually had a, a pretty nice week. I'm learning things about myself uh, when it comes to valuing myself as somebody in the workforce. And I think that I had spoken about this like in the first episode a little bit. But... Um, Things have gotten a little bit funky with my job, and I'm planning on doing something drastic about it. I'm just a little worried, you know, uh, being a parent, uh, making a big transition. You know, you got to be sure that you're making a good, safe bet. And I think that I'm making a pretty good, safe bet. Uh, So I'm excited to see what that looks like for me in the next month or so. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, like, like I said, uh, being a being a parent, nothing nearly as exciting happens to me. I don't really have like a nightlife situation where I can end up, you know, having a story to tell. Um, I think the most yeah. that happens to me is is like, I have. I'm probably gonna have the odd story about my kids to tell here and there. All I could say is, is that this week I have rediscovered how damn cute my kids are. 
and uh, cute kids. Uh, yeah, they're constantly breaking my heart whenever they open their mouth to tell me something that's on their mind. Because you know, um, not to quote that weirdo, but kids do in fact say the darnest things. Um, Wait, who's the weirdo? Uh, Bill Cosby. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't know why I was thinking uh, Steve Harvey. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been better. Not like, much better. Different weirdo. Because he's, like, he's got like a... Yeah, exactly. He's a different weirdo. But, <laughs> you know, certainly I'll I'll take a homophobia-coded guy with too many pockets on his suits over uh, Bill Cosby. Listen, he wore a plum three-piece suit on Family Feud one day. He's... A little less homophobic now. Okay, I'll take a plum. A plum. A plum is a nice color. It's a very. Uh, it's. Uh, it's not like quite leaning feminine, but you know. I think it. I think it was toasted plum. Excuse me. Okay. I think that's giving me. Yeah. That's but giving continue, me a different. I, that's giving me a different vision. I'm actually retracting my statement and saying it makes him more homophobic to not go full plum. That's fair. I, I, I support that. <laughs> so I figured uh, in lieu of me not really having anything to talk about this week and just kind of generally being in a good headspace. You wanna, we love that. Yeah, you want to just uh, start getting into it? Maybe we can go into some Black History Month stuff. Let's let's talk about some. I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, so instead of doing Black History, I figure we could talk about somebody in the current era that we live in where we can talk about things that they've accomplished. And for me, I have been exposed to a young man by the name of Michael Threets. I believe uh, Michael is how you pronounce his name. It's spelled a little bit differently, but he is a young librarian at the Fairfield Civic Center Library in San Francisco. He essentially runs a TikTok version of Reading Rainbow where he talks about yeah, he talks about um, working in the library and the coolest thing about libraries uh, books that he thinks that kids would really like and they're all fairly diverse like I, I scrolled the TikTok a little bit but I was more interested in his story because he runs what somebody would call a positivity account. And okay. although there are people that would have you believe that there is toxic positivity, I think that toxic positivity needs context to be referred to as such. And with his presence in social media, I think that we need a little bit more positivity like that because he is out here talking to kids, getting them in the, uh, going to libraries and generally just sounding like a really happy person to do it. You know, he has a very, very like friendly neighborhood librarian oh. attitude about him. You know who I'm talking about. Is he the guy, is he the guy with the hair? Yes. He's the guy with the hair. Oh yes. I like him. He is quite wholesome. Yeah. He's delightful. And so delightful. In fact, that, PBS Kids has gotten him to be their resident librarian for a social media series where he is going to do exactly what he does, except under the PBS banner. Nice. And I must say... PBS all about learning. Exactly. Well, sure. Uh, and... Yes, also, also that. I mean, technically that's learning too, because you, like, you're getting your... Uh, Eurocentric uh, theater arts, and that's sure. that's something worth learning. I mean, even if somebody like me that doesn't really regard Eurocentrism as 
a great thing. I th- I think that you can still get a lot of good stuff out of that. You know. Yeah. I also I I guess I'm slightly biased in that direction because I always really liked uh, Charles Dickens. Charles okay. Dickens wrote a, a bunch of really nice stuff. Uh, I used to love that stuff when I was growing up. Uh, but between him and uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Anyways, I feel like I'm getting off track. This is all to say <laughs> that, uh, you know, this uh, this Michael uh, Threats, he's, you know, he's doing the work. He's showing kids how to be interested in the libraries again. And I yeah. think that that's a good thing because I I started doing that for my son when the weather was still nice. You know, we would go to the library, let them pick out like four or five books uh, each for him and my daughter. And, you know, it's just a, it's a good experience going to the library. You see a lot of community, you know, meeting other kids while they're picking their books, letting the kids talk about books. I think that in the current, ugh, this is going to make me sound very old man, but in the, in the iPad generation of raising kids, uh, they could stand to sit around and look at a couple of pictures and words. You know, yeah, but yeah, well, right that's yeah, that's I, what I got. I remember, I, I think one of his videos just came across my Instagram feed randomly, and he was talking about library card, and it was just such a a, a sweet and wholesome, like he's super, like energetic and and yeah. just like happy, yeah. Um, and it's 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 interesting to see someone you know so young. I don't imagine he's more than thirty. No, he's uh, very, very young. And I think that that's probably yeah. the most important thing about it is, is like having somebody younger than your parents tell you how awesome it is. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I, I ended up following him because I was just like, oh, he's so, this makes me, this makes me happy. Yeah. And then I went to the comment section and I was like, all right, well, that's enough that, of that. Was, that was short lived. <laughs> well, you know, there's people out uh, there that will, they will, regardless of, the race situation there's just people out there that think it's better to not be educated very uh bury your head in the sand type of folk and i feel really bad about that because we you know the only thing that's ever really holding our society back is stuff like that like when you refuse to learn yeah well <sighs> anywho speaking of uh reading uh, <laughs> uh there's reading books and then there's reading people and Fannie Willis got to reading in the Senate this week. She is an attorney from Fulton County. Um, not entirely sure what that is, um, but I'll, I'll look it up and we can talk about it later. But um, yeah, she was testifying. And, you know, one of my favorite pastimes is women turning on each other. But I also <laughs> really love it when, like, rich white women turning on each other you know chef's kiss but a black woman just read down like i was watching uh there's a show on on peacock called there's and phaedra parks is one of the cast members on on this program it's a competition show or whatever and one thing i love about black women lawyers they come to work on this one particular episode someone tried to 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 drag Phaedra and she was ready and the same thing for for Fanny, Fanny Willis like they tried to grill her and she had an answer for everything and she was also one of those uh, there's a lot of uh, like memes going around it was giving very black mom like when you know when you come home late the faces that she gave are very recent of 
you know, me as a kid, when I would come home late and after the, the lights are on, she just looked, my mom would just look at me like, now you already know uh-huh. what's about to go. So it was like Maxine Waters all over again, basically. <laughs> right, right. It's new Maxine Waters. Every every year there's a new Maxine Waters. I mean, um, good. Honestly, we do need more people uh, in, you said the Senate, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we need more uh, people like being brought before the Senate and just absolutely like lambasting these motherfuckers like it's wild and a lot of what she was being scrutinized for was like a relationship she may or may not have have had with another attorney or whatever and she's was how is this relevant to the work that i do why why are why are black women always expected to be there's a thing where black women always have to work twice as hard to get as much you know Mm -hmm. and she's just sitting there like what does this relationship that I may or may not have have to do with the work that I'm doing? Like, how does that relationship my job? Um, and it was just, it was just fun to watch her just like sit in that chair. Like, no, I know my shit. I'm, I'm a badass lawyer and y'all aren't going to take that shit away from me. So yeah, she was ready. Yeah. Shout out to her. Shout out to her standing up for, for other black women. And I, I I dig it. Hell yeah. Go Fanny Willis. Go Fanny Willis. I'm looking forward to to seeing more of her face, <laughs> more of her 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 uh, black mom face. Well, all right. Uh, any black history that you were interested in going over? I have a couple of birthdays, but uh, sure, to, let's talk about it. You know, today in Black History, fairly uneventful day, except for uh, Gambia, who achieved independence. Today's the Gambian Independence Day. Oh, nice. I don't know about it much myself. Uh, because I'm a, a little bit in the dark about most African uh, countries. Uh, yeah. Only really, like... I mean, same. Yeah, well, you know, I've obviously I, I know about the big ones like uh, South Africa and like the end of apartheid and, and all that. And mm-hmm. then obviously everything that's going on in the Congo right now, or uh, Zaire, as it used to be called. Yeah. Yeah, like, like I, I know some things, but, you know... Everybody can't know everything, so what I do know is that it's their Independence Day, which means that they overthrew a European superpower. Go Gambia. Right on. And then it's also Toni Morrison. Oh, yes. Let's talk about Toni Morrison. Oh, hell yeah. Let's talk about Toni Morrison. Uh, happy birthday, Toni Morrison. Happy birthday, Toni Morrison. Uh, read any books by her? I'm not going to answer that because people will call me a black. Black. So because you saw the movies but didn't read the books? I'm not going to answer that because people will call me a bad black. <laughs> okay, well, I will <laughs> I will answer it. Uh I also don't believe that I've read any of her books. It's weird cuz I think Toni Morrison, but my brain keeps auto-correcting it to Zora Neale Hurston, whose books I have read. So I feel fair. even worse about fair, it. Fair. Um but I believe she wrote The Color Purple. Am, am I right about that? I'm not going to answer that because people will call me a bad... <gasps> oh, no. Well, I can tell you what she definitely wrote. She wrote uh, Beloved. No, 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 no. She she wrote it, yeah. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure about The Color Purple. So I will not lie. Don't get me to lying. I won't get you to lying because you don't deserve all that. Uh, well... I'm but gonna... she... Oh, yeah, she yeah. did go to, to Howard University. Uh, okay. In my, my current... Uh, state of residence. Well then, and we love we love Howard. Yeah, 
All right, well, uh, so that I can expose us immediately, the color purple was actually written by Alice Walker. So. Yeah. See, told you, bad black. I, I, I don't think it makes you, I don't think it makes you a bad black person to have not uh, read every single thing written by a black author, even if she is a prominent black author. It feels almost akin to skipping out on Maya Angelou. Yeah, True. I don't know why I'm guilting you right now. I, mean, I feel like it's because of what's about to <laughs> what's about to happen between us that I feel like I got to get in my licks now because I know that you're absolutely going to attempt to read me for filth later. No, not at all. I this is a peaceful podcast. We we don't condone violence on the Av, <laughs> but I will I will make it a point uh, to read uh, Beloved and The Color Purple in the coming months because I did want to see the movie I, I didn't see the original uh, what? and I yeah I didn't see either of the plays it, I don't know maybe it was the school that I went to um, but it wasn't required for us right and yeah it, it just was never on my radar for whatever reason I'll tell you what you're but you're better off not doing Beloved Beloved is kind of a I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird, weird story. Um, I would say if you're ready to immerse yourself in black trauma, definitely check out those two stories. Okay. But only if you're ready for it, because both of them get pretty. They get pretty deep, and also both starring I, I think Oprah. I'm ready. Listen, Oprah's been around the block. I'm sure she has. All right. That sounds so sinister. I don't have anything nice to say about people with that much money. I don't care if it's Oprah. Well. All right. Shall we move on? We can move on. Let's go to Marvel. Marvel had a week. Yes, they did. They were like, y'all been asking, so Merry Christmas two months later. Uh-huh. They say, here, toma, toma, toma. Oh, God. Three big announcements. You you want to get into, uh, let's talk about Fantastic Four. Let's talk about Fantastic Four. We finally got uh, some cast information, which has more or less been floating around for a really long time. It has. Or at least the last couple of months. There's only one Uh, that I refuse to believe, and I'm kind of mad that it's come true. Go on. Who? Uh, Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's talk about it. Uh, Well, well, let's let's talk about the cast first. So... Uh, we got Johnny Quinn as as or Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm. That's the, correct. The Human Torch. Mm-hmm. Um, the Internet Zaddy, uh, or the Internet Zaddy, uh, Pedro Pascal. He doesn't as like that. Mister Fantastic or Reed Richards. He doesn't like that. That poor man. I'm not going to say he doesn't like it. I think he has just gotten tired of it. Yeah, it's only because uh, people but... keep trying to like come up to him and be like, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And then like. Showing right. him the nastiest tweet of all time. True. But then he gets on Variety and does videos with his boyfriend and allegedly, allegedly, don't sue us, and feeds into it. So, whatever. Anyway, the internet's daddy, uh, Pedro Pascal's cast says, Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. And then we've got, uh, as the thing, Eben Moss Backrack. I never know how to pronounce his name. I think it's Backrack. And uh, I'm forgetting Sue Storm. What's her name? Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby, right. Um, whose face card just does not decline. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever like seen her in anything, but like when I was like looking up stuff that she was in, I was just like, okay, yeah, that's Sue Storm. She was in that is Sue Storm. The most recent uh, Mission Impossible. Okay, I gotta I gotta catch up with those. I haven't seen them since I think Jeremy Renner was in one of them. Uh, he was not in the recent one, but he is in like three of them. Yeah, I but. that was around the time that I had stopped watching them. Okay. Um, but yeah, so we have official cast uh, formation about the Fantastic Four, and I, for one, am excited. Um, I know that there has been a great deal of backlash uh, surrounding both Reed Richards and Tony Storm, for which I don't really understand. Uh, maybe you can shed some light on it, but I don't get it. Um, well, I mean, you already know what the reason for <laughs> for Reed Richards is. They just want him to be a generic white guy. Everybody was hoping for John Krasinski when they uh, had him in Multiverse of Madness. But, you know, we can't always get what you want. No office gym for you. Sorry, keep it moving. Yeah. I mean, but when when I look at Pedro Pascal, and I think context is really important here, right? Uh, this film is going to be set in 1963, I think? I think it's past 63 because the Time magazine that the thing is holding, I believe, is with uh, Lyndon B. Johnson as the president on the cover. It's either 63 or 68. It. It's definitely before 68. It might be between 63 and 66. Somebody had dated okay. it exactly because of that issue of Time Magazine. So, Well, f whenever it takes place, it's in the 60s. You know, I said this to, to someone, like, in, in regards to uh, Joseph Quinn, like, are we forgetting what it looked like in the 60s? Like, they smoked, like, chimneys and kept secret... For, like they were cheat all cheating on their wives. Like I'm not in. I'm not expecting this version of of the Fantastic Four to be like vocals. Like okay, they're supposed to look like what the people looked like at that. So we need to have a little bit more uh, like closer representation to like, old Hollywood, not. Like everybody now is, looks like a fucking Vogue model. Like I, I think that translates. Like, you know, when when Pascal grows his hair out, when he grows out his beard, he he does tend to have a little bit more of a not rugged but like quote unquote lived in look. And I think that's what the men back in the time period look like. And the same for Johnny Storm. Like, this is the fucking sixty. So that's my piece. But go ahead. Okay. Um, and I will agree with you. It's just, there's just something, I don't want to say that Joseph Quinn doesn't have it, but there is something about him that, like, I'm looking at him and I'm not seeing it. But I also don't care. As long as the movie is good, as long as everybody's acting is good, as long as, you know, they're careful with the with the lore, maybe introducing some of the stuff that we're going to be seeing in the future. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with it, you know? I don't really have a problem personally with Joseph Quinn. I just, I don't personally see it. But I'm sure when but, that first trailer drops, we are all going to find out. But here's my thing, though. Like, I look like the comics of that time period. Mm -hmm. And, like, to be fair, Johnny Storm wasn't super detailed. 
That's true. Like the, the, the artwork wasn't super detailed. So, you know, the, the technology that we're using these days, obviously we can, it's super advanced and we can get super detailed and, and like basically create a human being through the art. Right. Back right. in that, that time you're, you're looking at a little bit of a blur with a nose. Right. So I think it's a little bit of interpretation. I think what, what Marvel is doing with, with Joseph Quinn is, is bringing just a little bit of that interpretation to life back in it wasn't super detailed and we don't we can sort of fill in the gaps with with joseph quinn in my opinion right well i guess the last thing i have to say on that is that it will be competing with uh superman legacy which i have no desire to see what talked about this i don't like superman all right that's fine there's nothing about that character that excites me but you know whatever I'm just excited because that that cast and the purported people that are going to be appearing in that movie looks absolutely oh, I love that word. bananas. It looks crazy, that cast. Like, they're bringing in Mr. Terrific. They're bringing in Guy Gardner. They're bringing in, like, so, lots of people. Hot take. I don't like Ed Gathagy. I don't know what it is, but he's not an actor that I really am excited to ever see on screen. Oh, yeah, Mr. Terrific shrugs. <laughs> okay, but you know Nathan Fillion. I I do enjoy looking at Nathan Fillion's butt. So, if they'd have gotten him fifteen years ago, he could have been Hal Jordan. I'm just saying. Fair. That was Fair. always like Hal Jordan to me. I, I can I support that. Yeah. Well, in any case, let's move on. Deadpool yeah. and Wolverine. All right. <sighs> I am in the minority of people who are not really excited for it. I know this is also another hot take. Okay, let's talk about it. Just, I feel like we've waited just so long for this film. Okay. And the hype around it has died for me a little bit. I mean, shout out to Pyro coming back. Like, Pyro was an awesome character in X2. But from that, that's really like the only exciting part of that trailer that, that really you know, spoke to me. Okay. Um, Yes, the TVA will be will appearance, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm, shrugs. <laughs> like I don't. I, we've waited so long for it. I just okay. I, I don't care anymore. Well, care. What do you think of the villain rumored to be Cassandra Nova? They did show a bald person without showing their face, and I'm sure that mm. for casuals. They'll just go, oh, it's Professor X, not realizing that there is a nasty bald woman out there by the name of Cassandra Nova. A nasty bald woman. Oh, no, um, I love so... her. She is, like, the definition of evil in the X-Men series. For those that don't know, uh, Cassandra Nova is directly responsible for the Genosian Massacre. So, mm. yeah, she's not a very nice lady. She's also a I'm just... psychic twin to Professor X, who he fought yeah. when they were literally babies in their mother's belly. Right. Uh, fantastic um, stuff. I just wonder how... One, I wonder how long the film is going to be. Oh, two, you know it's going to be two hours at least. Maybe. Who knows? It but looks like... It looks big. Like It looks like they're going to be doing a lot. I'm pressed to get excited about it. I, I think... What I liked about um, uh, She-Hulk is the as much as they poked fun 
at you know you know uh, Jen broke the fourth wall and and like spoke against and did all the things. We weren't beaten over the head with the fourth wall breaking. Mm-hmm. Where this is concerned, I feel run ragged with like you know in in that that scene where where he's switching changing the the his guns or he's loading his his gun loading bullets into his and in the background is the 20th century fox logo yeah like <laughs> i was just like it's a little too spot on and it takes me so far out of the the fantasy for me to get too excited for it that coupled with having waited so long and all, all of the whispers about it have just sort of built up. Like, there's nothing about it that really excites me. And yeah, Cassandra Nova, like, I'm, I'm all for seeing new characters, new villains. But, you know, I'm wondering how long this film is going to be. And I'm wondering how they're going to sort of bring the story to fruition. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And it's like, I can't really put my finger on it. I'm not excited for it. Okay, can can I hit you with a conspiracy theory that I have? Sure, do it. You're you're in age. You're you're over the age of thirty. Um, I am twenty six. Okay, you are over the age of twenty five. You have seen the X Men franchise, so yes. you know that Wolverine is played by an Australian man mm-hmm. who is too tall. Mm-hmm. Uh, These are all Hugh true Jackman. things. Yes, Hugh Jackman. If we know that Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine, why, in two separate scenes, one, showing Wolverine in his patch persona, and two, showing him standing over Deadpool getting ready to cut him, would you not show Hugh Jackman's face? Well, hmm. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, it, it is a little bit of a switch, I think. But we know from the the behind the scenes photos that uh, he is in that scene. Okay, but do we? Or is Ryan Reynolds such a psychopath that he has been building goodwill with everybody? All the teasers that have been coming out for the last year, from the first one when Hugh Jackman's walking around in his house and he's just like, "Hey, you want to do one more X Men movie?" And Hugh Jackman's like, "Yeah, sure." Mm-hmm to all the little TikToks of him and Hugh hanging out, you know, having a jolly time. All the leaked photos of Wolverine in the suit. You know, the blue suit, the blue and yellow suit. Yeah. What if it has all been one giant bait and switch because they don't want you to see who they've cast as Wolverine when they port Deadpool over to the MCU? I believe that this movie is going to be the bridge between the X-Men and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, I I see your and I don't have a rebel, so I will put a pin in this. I'm just saying. And I, I, I don't think you're wrong, but I think we did the, they sort of did the same thing with, with uh, multi-madness. Okay. I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I think you you're onto something here. Uh, so since we're going down that road, who do you think they may have cast as the me <laughs> Wolverine? I don't know where to put my money exactly. 
there is a uh there's a Canadian actor that was in this show Letterkenny whose name has been circulating for a while. Uh I forget what the actor's name is, but he's the kind of a uh, buff dumb one, but not really. They all seem to be like relatively smart. Like it it I never really understood <laughs> like how the dynamic of that show ever worked, but um you know, he is he's one of the people that was uh that came to mind and then the other one is a weird fan cast that's been going around for a while of uh daniel radcliffe no thank you now okay you say no thank you but i think that it's really easy and because we ended up getting uh buff kumail nagiani for no reason that it would be very easy to bulk up daniel radcliffe and have him be a, a little hairy guy he's not a very tall man I just I think that there's there's a world where I got to see Daniel Radcliffe act outside of Harry Potter and yeah. I'm not going to say that he has the range but he does have the capacity to look like he could get violent. So I'd like to see I'd like to see what that looks like. I don't think it's going to be Daniel Radcliffe, but it would also be it would be a very Ryan Reynolds move to make it Daniel Radcliffe. Okay, all right. I if I close one eye and squint the other, I see the vision. It's okay. I barely see the vision, so <laughs> I'm just like I said. Uh, really, I'm aiming for that uh, that young man from Letterkenny. But if it's okay. Daniel Radcliffe, uh, that would be very funny. I think you're thinking of uh, Jared Kiso. That's the one, yes. Uh, he looks a lot like Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. American soldier? Not American soldier. Uh, U.S. soldier. Oh, 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 U.S. agent, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. agent, yeah. Wow, I, that's crazy that you remember his government. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he does kind of look like that now that I'm thinking about it. Well, I mean, like I said, if I squint with one eye and close the other, I, I kind of see the... So I mean, consider that he's also... he's 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 a shorter guy. And he's beefy, you know. Like he, I think it's I think it's gonna be really tough to see it without the hair. Okay. Um, for either of them, but I mean, it's listen, anything is possible. Anything is possible. All right. Well, speaking of X characters, shall we go into the most anticipated? Is it the most anticipated? I don't know if I'd say I, all I that. I mean, I, I I feel like I see a lot of people talking about the x-men 97 trailer than i do deadpool uh i won't that argue with that a, that isn't hating on uh she hulk and but that's another topic yeah so the x-men 97 trailer and what'd you think it's cool um i <laughs> it was cool <laughs> well you know i i think that what had happened with me was i started uh, rewatching the X-Men animated series a while back when it had dropped on mm -hmm. uh, Disney Plus and it was cool um, it was a lot worse than I remember uh, actually oh, like totally yeah looking back on all of those animated series like the only one that really held up for me was Spider-Man uh, fantastic voice acting you know like there was actually story I would put I would put uh, Spider-Man on par with Batman the Animated Series in terms of Fair. like people giving Fair. it a real go. And obviously, you know, Batman had like that Warner Brothers budget uh, back in the day, so they had a little bit more 
uh, to work with in terms of like fleshing out their characters. Okay, let me yeah, pause yeah. you. Uh, we're going to pivot slightly, audience. Um, rank best to worst Batman the animated series, uh, Superman the animated series, yeah, and Justice League. Oh, me personally, me first, or yeah, okay. Um, I would say, uh, Batman, Justice League, Superman, and it's not even shade for Superman. It's just like the Superman episodes were good, but Justice League, you were getting all of the Superman with none of the Superman. Yeah, I agree. Okay, continue. Sorry. Oh wow! Like you, like uh, that was like uh, look at us. Choice for choice? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, right. I would say the same. Yeah. Excellent. I think Batman Batman just you know, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, no, Batman Batman clears. Like <laughs> it's yeah. it's really hard for me to find an animated series from from that time that uh did it the way that Batman the animated series did, especially running for so yeah. long. Right. And then, you know, followed up with uh Batman I mean Yeah, it it Batman clears. Anyway, continue. Sorry, I I just I had to ask that. Oh, um, this is all to say that they covered too much in the original X Men series, and they sort okay. of finished on uh something weird. I I can't even remember what it was that they finished on last. I want to say it was like they finished on like the Technarchy or something with like the techno organic virus mm. and. And yeah. all that. I, I believe that that's where they uh, finished out, uh, which is a really weird place to leave off, especially considering they did most all of that without using characters like the New Mutants or any of like the X-Force uh, in that, I believe, in during that run. Uh, okay. they, they were able to get away with a lot with just that same cast, basically. And my hope is that they kind of start introducing more of the other mutants because as much as I like the team, they weren't even like the team for me at that time. Like, okay. uh, a lot of people will say this and I, I tend to agree, but uh, I, I never really saw Jubilee as like a good member of the X-Men. She was always hanging out with, uh, she was always hanging out with X-Force basically. <laughs> like, and, hmm. uh, I always felt that the big, like, the teenager that you want as part of the X team was going to be uh, Kitty Pride. Fair. Uh, she just has more of a, like, a plucky teenager outlook. She's very useful, and Jubilee is mostly useless in the animated series. Uh, I guess I'm glad that they still have her around. That's cool. But I would like to see some of the yeah. other... I'd like to see some of the other mutant teenagers uh, rotate with her, because... There, there's cool, there's cooler, stronger ones out there. Oh, um, that's really tough. I would go with magic, probably, because magic would be able to get them out of a lot of sticky situations. And I always loved her design. Like her design is probably one of my favorite as a teenagers. Or uh, maybe uh, Boom Boom. Boom Booms are another really fun one. I, I would agree with Boom Boom. Um, let's see who I'd like to see. Uh, shit. I feel like maybe, and this is coming so out of left field, but I would really like to see Beak. Beak would be funny. Like, just, I don't know. 
Beak just always made me happy. I don't know. Um, or... I feel like that would be a, that would be a very funny uh, '80s callback because he would basically just be like their snarf. Yeah, I think for me it would be Beak. So, I like we'll Beak. See. Beak is a good choice. Uh, do you remember in the in the pilot episode? Uh, and I'll, I'll ask you who your your favorite X Men are before I go into my my part. Who would your fa- who are your favorite X Men? <laughs> Come on. You already know who it's going to be. Oh. It's the OG, the Captain, <sighs> the Capitan, Scott, the Captain, Summers. C-O-P-T-A-I-N. Okay, we'll play that game. I got I got something <laughs> for your ass right after that. But uh, <laughs> I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> um, okay, no, who else? That is the no-cap captain. That man is the leader of the team. You know, he was always, like, really special to me. Uh he had the big ass laser beam eyeball. Uh, obviously, second is going to be Storm, and it's like a okay. not even like really a close second. It's more like they're side by side. Like it feels like I can never have like pick one over the other because I I truly okay. I do I do love Storm, and I think that the animated series and the movies have done her and Cyclops very dirty because it doesn't show either of their abilities very much at all. Well, so where Storm is concerned, I don't it's very very rare that we get to see the depth of her powers. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've always is people are always like, "Oh, Storm, she controls water." And I'm like, "No. No. Storm does not control water, and she doesn't even control the weather necessarily." Nope. nope. She she can control like molecular level atmospheric like you know like it's not just con- the control over the weather that woman can basically suck the the oxygen and you know our bodies are made up of 70% quote unquote like she can suck the water out of your your body like yeah. very very blood bendy um so i i've always found it interesting that they it's very rare that we see how deep um, and scientific her her powers can go. And she um, is an Omega mutant, right? Like because there is no like she's one of the few where there is no limit to what she can do. The bitch can like she created an atmosphere on Mars. Uh huh. And still, like, and still, there's more unknown things that she can do. Like, right. she has a natural affinity for magic because of her ability to manipulate uh, energies. Um, but okay, who's your third? Uh, and my third, if I guess. Third. I, I guess my third would have to be Gambit. Gambit's awesome. Like he's, okay. you, you know, uh, ladies' man, and by ladies' man, I mean pisses off every lady that comes within contact. <laughs> With him as soon Truly. as it happens, so like he somehow manages to make every woman agitated. It's very fun. I love to see it. Uh, Truly. And uh, who you who you got? Who's your three? Um, so, you know, a running theme with me is I tend to not like characters that are sort of fed to us. So obviously, I'm not a fan of uh, Cyclops. Um, I love Storms, but and, and Wolverine, obviously, not... right? Yeah, same. Like Emma Frost. Um isn't Emma Storm from 
the Avengers, but oh, that's Emma Peel. Emma Peel uh, yeah. from uh, Uma Thurman's Avengers. Anywho, um, <laughs> I have never really been a fan of like the characters that are sort of pushed front. I have always been a huge fan. One of the first comics I ever got was um, an Uncanny X-Men. I was in a Florida airport, probably like the Miami airport, when I was maybe like six years old, seven years old. Um, and it was me and my mom and my dad. We were on our way to like the Cayman Islands. And my mom bought me two comics. One of them Uncanny X-Men, and the other I can't really remember. But in that particular comic, uh, Sage was one of the characters and something about her just always spoke to me. I don't know if it's the, the leather and the goggles, but she was just always a, as a technopath, she like just always spoke to me because I love technology. Um, so Sage is definitely like my top. Um, next is Polaris. And maybe this is just because I'm gay. Uh, but yes, Polaris just always look like a, always look like a bad bitch. Like, and green is my favorite color. So like she, she had this long flowing green hair. She always stood out under like, and even with Storm's white hair and her blue eyes, like something about Polaris always just popped for me. Yeah. Um, and having similar powers to Magneto, um, who, you know, I just thought Magneto was really awesome because of, you know, another one whose whose powers can really go the depths, right? Um, so she's Polaris a doctor. was always a, and she's a doctor. She's just a badass bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, then in the later years, Dust. Dust, Dust always made Ooh. me happy because I was like, this is a character who not only can control sand, but, and I don't know if this has ever been explored. I I stopped reading a little bit, but um, she can control glass, basically. Yeah. Um, And I just always thought that was really cool, and and, and just, like, whoever wrote her, whoever designed her character and and thought her up, I was, like, going. Yeah. There's something about those three that just always spoke to me. Yeah, and you know what, actually, to piggyback off what you were saying, because I didn't realize we were aiming for outside of the uh, animated series, uh, I would have probably mm-hmm. had a couple of different choices besides uh, mine then. Um, well, but going back to the animated series, what I was going to say earlier was yeah, yeah, yeah. in in the first episode, um, if I remember correctly, and I watched it maybe a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, Sage makes an appearance in the first episode. Yep. So does Domino, and so does... I mean, Morph is in the show, but it's Sage, Domino, and somebody else uh, that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, And when I watched it back, I was like, oh, shit! Sage has been around for decades. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and I feel like she she never gets the love that she deserves hope they bring her back for the new show well you know what it, it's it's that she's been around she was tessa in the hellfire club right she was undercover as tessa and so like she's always been there but you didn't know who she was because they had written in that backstory for her i i can't remember exactly when i want to say it was like sometime in the late 80s uh 
they had written her in as being a spy for Professor X and that actually she technically right. was one of the original X-Men, but he sent her to the Hellfire Club to uh, infiltrate that secret mutant society not knowing what was going to happen. Um, right. So she was always there. In a in a very fun well, like uh, <laughs> like Superman video, I was in the back. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm really because she was in the original for you know a brief. I hope they that they bring her back. I would I would love to see her get some shine, you know, yeah. and and she, like highlighted her a bit in in the recent comics, but I would love to just see her get a much bigger role. Okay, before we move on to our big topic of the day. I have one more thing yep. to say. And this is not just oh, for God. you. This is for oh, all of you Cyclops hating losers. Wow. That have Those are fighting words. <laughs> they are going to be fighting words because and specifically for this reason, I have been seeing a lot of people talk shit on Scott Summers on Twitter. And this is Because he deserves it. This is going to be me getting on my Cyclops soapbox. soapbox. I will always okay. stand for Cy- for Cyclops. He is probably to me one of the most important X Men. Ne- like that's what I'm saying. Like I can never pick between him and Storm because to me the two of them are essential to what really makes the X Men the X Men. Okay. So here is my in defense of Scott Summers. Yes, Scott is a fuckboy and a deadbeat dad, but only to Cable. Because he don't play about his baby Damn. Rachel. He does not play about Rachel Summers. Never did. Never will. He loves that girl to death. Which is kind of funny when you look back okay. at the whole like Madeline Pryor of it all. But like I said, we won't get into that. Yes, he followed Professor X bar for bar for a very, very long time on his teachings. But mm-hmm. when you become a child soldier to a master manipulator that makes promises that he doesn't need to keep because he can mind-wipe you at any time. That, that is literally Xavier's entire power set. In which he literally got <laughs> Cyclops's brother, Vulcan, killed. Along yes. with, uh, I, I, forget, I forget their names, but there's like a whole other X-Men team that end up getting murdered because Professor X thought that they were ready, and they were not ready. They were killed okay. on the island of Krakoa before Krakoa became what it is now. Now, okay. talk, talk your shit. It's tougher to argue that he is not a Boy Scout when he is somebody that was not able to make his own choices. If you look at the parallel between him and child soldiers that we know of, like in real life, a lot of those decisions cannot be put on those children because they were indoctrinated into that life. Now. Okay. All right. It's worse to I'm me. I'm squinting and closing the other eye. It's worse to me because, on top of everything else, this man has the credentials. He is a master tactician. He is a born leader, like literally born leader. He has one of the most diverse character arcs from any of the other X-Men characters. He has been a soldier trying to become a person and not just be Xavier's weapon. He has had his entire life manipulated by Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse to reach an endgame for the literal mutant messiah who we thought was Cable, but was actually Hope Summers. So Scott's importance 
to raising Cable to be a good man is directly what leads to Hope Summers being raised by a man raised by a good man. Now, did it take Scott being forced to give up his child, send him to the future, then be mentally projected to the future in order to raise that kid through somebody else's body? Yes, but doesn't really change the fact that Scott Summers did in fact do that. He has survived massacres. He has gone to mutant eradicating futures. He has always been on the front line. And when he became radicalized, he fought the government and the Avengers. He got in Steve Rogers' face and said, you motherfuckers have the nerve to come to my island to tell us to register when you know what they've been trying to do to us since day one in the name of registering mutants? Do you know what you sound like? Do you know what you sound like saying that to Magneto that he needs to register as a person? Magneto? Holocaust survivor Magneto? Magneto, who was the most radical person of the mutant kind, who knelt at Scott Summers' feet and pledged fealty to the concept of utopia years before Krakoa was ever on anybody's mind. He flexed with the Phoenix Five and didn't kill people. He took away the weapons. He ended world hunger. He showed that mutants could really take this shit if they wanted to. They choose not to because they're good people, because they want people to make their own decisions. And they were forced into that hand. And what did that bitch-ass Wolverine do the first chance he got? Oh, we're going to have to kill Hope Summers. Why? Why does everybody keep saying Cyclops punk chump cuck but meanwhile you're out here <laughs> I mean, a little bit of a you're cuck. you're out here standing a literal cop wolverine who has worked for shield who has worked for the u.s government several times been grumbly about it at best and his first instinct is to stab a child and then try and hit on that child's mother wow shots fired yeah, I got a lot to say. And let's let's step back real quick and go back to the whole like Scott Summers of it all because now we're talking about a man who currently has been a seat on the Quiet Council of Krakoa who has led the X-Men as their ma- like as their battle commander essentially. He is in or was in before all of this happened a power thruple with Logan and Jean. The three of them just banging it, it out. Oh my God! So much, just like, just anything you could think of. They were, they already did it twice. Like Gene was getting smutted out. <laughs> listen, Logan was getting slutted out. Scott well... was getting slutted out. Listen, like I said, whatever you could think, whatever combination of the three of them you could think of, that's oh what was God. happening. This visual now. Oh God. Oh, Insomnation. In some nation, Scott, for as much as people want to say Boy Scout cop, Scott Summers has been fucked 12 since at the very least the 80s. He had the Fantastic Four gagged. I'm going to quote him. My family has spent our entire lives being hunted and hated. The world has told me I was less when I knew I was more. Did you honestly think we were going to sit around and take it? After several massacres, after dropping down to 198 mutants with powers, this man 
stood in the face of everybody and said, fuck you, mutant rights. And then after that, he told them, yo, when Franklin is ready, come send them to his real family. Yikes. Yikes. Yo, it's just the look on Reed's face like, what did you say? And him just being like, yeah, that's my son now. Damn. Scott is him. Him. H-I-M. Him. Um, well, are you done or are you finished? <laughs> uh, just one more thing. Somebody in, in the very, in the very various Scott defense, uh, Twitter threads that I saw, which I was very proud of, because it's always good to know that there are people that know ball. One in particular stood out to me. Scott Summers has had the same liberation trajectory as Kwame Turi, or as most people know him, uh, Stokely Carmichael. And that's important. When you, can, when you can look at the trajectory of what liberation means to black people and what liberation means mm-hmm. to mutant kind in the comics, when you see two men that basically have the same idea of just we are so busy focused on making ourselves look respectable for those that would try to harm us that we never once considered that respectability was never an option. And it was that point that turned Stokely Carmichael into Kwame Turi and what turned Scott Summers into Cyclops. And that's all I got. That's all I got. Would you, would you like to drop your mic? Uh, Do no. we need a sound effect? No, this costs money. Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe, maybe in, uh, maybe in, uh, post I'll drop, uh, flex ball. All right. All right. Uh, I, your conviction on this topic has, has, you know, I, I, I absolutely can admit that you just laid out makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, huh. And that's really all I got. I, I I don't think I don't see it in my future being a Scott Summers fan. Um but I and also I don't like I don't like the poster children. So that's but fair. what you said does make does make a lot of sense and and now that I'm thinking back about it, um I actually didn't remember he was on the Quiet Council. I'm I'm trying to He was on it for like five minutes and then him and Gene okay. quit. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I don't see myself ever being a, a Scott Summers fan or a Jean Grey fan or a Wolverine fan. Like, but I don't, I don't expect, I don't expect I anybody to walk out of this. Yeah, I don't expect anybody to walk out of this a uh, Cyclops fan. I just need people to really like, like stop the cap. Like you're out here calling them a Boy Scout, and he has not been a Boy Scout since the late seventies. Like since the eighties, like Scott has been about it. You know that that's always like that's going to be the sticking point for me is when people try to play it like he's like he's a square. He's not. You know, like it just looks that way because he's kind of a weird dude. All right, all right. I see. I, if I close one eye and squint with the other, I see the vision. So, um, actually, since we're since we're talking about that, let's get into the big subject because let's I think get that into the big subject. I think that us talking about the X Men and a little bit about the uh, whole uh, liberation, mutant liberation versus uh, black liberation aspect of it all. I think that this is a good time to ask the question, are comics woke? 
are comics woke I, uh, communist I f- liberal nonsense? I I feel like obviously not from you, but but I feel like there's there's a negative connotation whenever we use the word, right? Uh huh. Um, but to be fair, comic books are one of the first like media art forms that can be classified as quote unquote woke. Like they were created in a time where there was a lack of of they they were created in a time there was a lack of diversity and a a lack of inclusion and it was in response to you know a lot of like geopolitical issues you know are comic books woke absolutely um and I don't think that is going to change, especially in light of current administration and, you know, past administrations. Uh, and just, sh- like, shit that's going on in the world. Like, comic books are a response to shit that's going on in the world. And, you know, yeah, they're, they are woke, quote-unquote. It's very hard to find a comic from a time period since the birth of comic books where comics weren't woke. <laughs> like, and right, woke... like, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go. Well, I was going to say, like, woke, uh, and I'm sure that people like to use this term to specifically talk about queer folks, uh, black folks, uh, Latina folks. Uh... But, I, but I feel like it's always only, it's not even about like other fringe communities it's always about black people like woke is always oh, most certainly the, to blackness yeah the focus always like as soon as you see a black person being in something you already know somebody has started to type the headline is insert whatever that thing you saw that black person in woke right as if uh black people simply don't exist in this world uh i I realize right now that I'm probably going to sound triggered, but I don't really care at this point if I sound like I am because I am, you know, I think at some point we do have to admit that these things trigger us because we are here, you know, minorities are here. And when we see ourselves in stories, not for nothing, these same people that claim that like wokeness is garbage are also very like pro capital pro market uh, not for nothing right. if the market calls yeah. for a higher percentage of minorities paying for tickets to see a thing or paying for a video game to play a thing or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to open that market to those people in order to include them to make more money because at the end of the day, the bottom line for them is the number of dollars they make, not the mo- the number of fans that they lose because you had the nerve to cast a black woman in this film. And we can go directly into the Marvels and talking about that whole fiasco because you did bring it up earlier and that was one of the things that I would have liked to have talked about in regard to all of this. I feel like I'm so tired of talking about the Marvels. <laughs> like, Oh, we don't have to if you don't I, want to. No, no, no. And, and not, a, not about you. Like, you know, I... You saw my 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 tweet about it, and the it's still I'm still getting responses about how the Marvels is terrible and it's 
it's woke propaganda and so like stupid. all of this bullshit like there's nothing about like oh i'm just i'm so tired of talking about it like i i i'm so frustrated like we i saw this film and is it the 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 best film on the planet is it going to change my life absolutely not but what i watched was a fun like just solidly enjoyable it had its it had its moments that could have been improved like you said like the 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 villain wasn't that great wasn't that spectacular um but she overall right. it she was just fine right um <clears throat> she did she did the job that she was paid to do um but all of these people were talking about how uh it just was was the the worst thing Marvel has ever put out. And I was just like, did we watch the same fucking movie? Like the, I would definitely acting... put it as better than Quantumania, I'll tell you that for sure. Same. Like and nothing against Quantumania, it did the job that it was meant to do. Introduce a villain, you know, no, you know, we won't talk yeah, about John Majors. I'm not going to hold you. But... I fucking hated Quantumania. <laughs> it was so dumb. But <laughs> like it 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 did the job it was supposed to do. The, the only purpose, much like the original, the, the first Captain Marvel, its only purpose was to explain why Carol Danvers was in Endgame. That's right. it. Like, had it been released when it should have been released, I think it would have been would have been received a lot better. But you know, I'm getting slightly off topic. But um, this tweet is still going and. It's just people regurgitating the same shit. The only reason folks did not go... like, You know, it suffered from the writer strike. Absolutely. But outside of that, people... A lot of people just didn't go see it because they were like, oh, I don't want to watch a black... A, a superhero. A black superhero. Or I don't want to see this, you know, Southeast Asian... Uh, South Asian family on my screen like this doesn't speak to me that is the only reason people didn't go go watch it and it's so fucking stupid like we you're you're we're given insight into these these communities and these 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 experiences that are outside of our own we're we are presented the opportunity to learn and and to grow and you're just like well it's not a white family, so I have no desire. I just, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it. I think it's weirder because most of the time, I don't expect those opinions of anybody outside of landlocked states. But when you're talking about, like, coastal cities and, like, the populations that occupy a, a lot of those uh, cities, you're seeing a lot of people of color in your town. Like, I don't know how... It, it, there are people out there that just like try to pretend that they don't exist because everywhere that yeah. I've gone so far up and down, you know, up and down the country, there's some form of brown person. And, right. Everywhere. And if you think that they don't want to see their people represented in these uh, comics, in these movies, then I'm sorry. That's just you kind of digging your head in the sand and refusing to acknowledge that we're here we've been here many of us have like been been here you know and i just 
every time I hear that that term that something is woke, it just reminds me that our mere existence is a threat to this underpinning of white supremacy that exists in this country. Because absolutely, yeah, there there are people that are like too wild pussy to even say it out loud like up front like no i'm a racist they hide behind these things because mm-hmm. they're too fucking cowardly to admit their bias and i'm just like you're you're a person that shouldn't even be allowed to have an opinion you know if you're too scared yep. to give your full opinion because outside, i'm not a racist i just don't like you like, yeah okay like and it's just like no well you, you are a racist and you just don't want to admit it and that's fine too but that's your own problem to deal with and we shouldn't have to be unpacking that for you you know Here's the other thing that that the Marvels suffered from as well. It was an all cast. Or, ah, yes. Like it, my second favorite thing, misogyny. <laughs> right. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, uh, it's not that I don't want to see a black female superhero, or it's not that I don't want to see a Indian superhero. I just don't want to see women on my screen. Mm-hmm. If it's not in America or Batman, you're just like, mm. if we get another Batman movie, there have been, I think I count, there have been nine uh, different actors for Batman right. in my time, in my lifetime. Like, how many times are we going to tell the story about Bruce Wayne? He's rich, sad, and borderline psychotic. Okay, anything else? But but the not really gave no. Us, like <laughs> the the Marvels gave us nuanced characters. Like we we get w- one thing that I also don't see a lot of people talking about is the and maybe interracial isn't the right word, but the the interracial dynamic between Carol and Monica. Like there are multicultural multiracial families, like that is something that we haven't really seen that often like but you didn't want to go see that because it was too it was a it, it focused on two women like can I actually can I ask you something um because yeah it took me a while to sort of get over this but were you getting a my two moms read off of off of absolutely that? like between right oh, yes yeah okay so the thing about it to me was is the marvels that... film what's that captain marvel and the marvels are queer films yes yes you know i i wouldn't have i wouldn't have agreed with you about captain marvel but i think that the marvels puts captain marvel into context for me i mean like not like looking hindsight is allowing me to look at Captain Marvel as less of a fight like a girl movie and more of a this is what it's like to be queer in a straight white male society. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and then that's that's an even deeper layer to it. It's like, well, we didn't go see... It wasn't that we didn't go see it because uh, of the racial element. And it, it's not that we didn't go see it because of the female element. No, we didn't go see it because there was a queer element to it. Uh-huh. Like, well, I mean, there was like... I think... <laughs> there's so many ways, like, that... Uh, and I'm sorry to say this, but that, like, men 
were finding to refuse to watch this movie, which is insanely weird considering it was, it, it like you said, it was very fun. It was very fun. It was so much fun. And that was all it needed to be. And, and it, it opened up these avenues for more queer film, for more female-led films, for more multicultural-led films. And uh-huh. everybody just let the shit flop. It didn't deserve they, that. They let it bomb. It not any more than Quantumania at did. All. But Quantumania did, did, did all right. I think it did better than, than the Marvels. Why? Because it was a white male lead. I mean, I, I'm sure that Love and Thunder also did numbers too, even though that was also worse than the Marvels. I'm sorry. Like, I, I hate <sighs> Thank both God of those movies. Someone agrees with me. Love and Thunder is quite possibly the worst film that has come out of phase 4.5, whatever we're in now. And if you say otherwise, I'm sorry, Cap. It was absolutely terrible. And nothing against Taika Waititi. And I know we're pivoting. Nothing against Taika Waititi. Like, awesome director. He's allowed to, to make bad movies. We still, he's a good director. But that shit was garbage. Yes. Will stand ten toes down. And it still did better than the Marvel. All because we got a pretty white boy on screen. Like... I will never. I, I don't care. I do not care. I will never forgive people for letting that film bomb, bomb. and I just won't. And that's totally fine. Uh, going back to uh, talking about our comics woke. Uh, I think this is a good way to uh, kind of tie off the episode. But let's circle back to X Men. Yes. Are the X Men woke? Absolutely. Are the X Men? woke now here's the thing that has always annoyed me especially seeing it again recently making the rounds about people being excited at the idea of a more inclusive x-men uh in terms of the possibility of exploring iceman being gay of exploring the weird dynamic that uh logan cyclops and uh gene have exploring you know all of these stories that are masked under the mutant metaphor and Mm -hmm. for example i'll use the god loves man kills in which a religious nut by the name of william Stryker leads a congregation uh to become anti-mutant bigots and they uh i believe they end up forming the friends of humanity and it turns into a whole kerfuffle where uh, mutants end up getting hurt and killed because of it. And I don't know what that sounds like to you, but to me that sounds like a metaphor for what it's like being queer because there's a lot of weird Mm. religious fervor. I mean, look at the news. Every week it it felt like for the past couple of years there was a new pastor coming out saying, like, we condemn uh, homosexuality, et cetera, et cetera. And then what do they find him in the next month doing? Smoking meth, blowing its wind. And sucking dick. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about Roger Stone? Oh, wait, no, never mind. (laughs) I mean, listen, you could say it was Roger Stone. You could say it was... um, Uh, yeah, you could say it was Lindsey Graham. You could say this of 
actually, what is with Grams? Because I believe it was uh, Billy Graham, wasn't it? Or it, mm. it was one of those. It was one of the big preachers that got caught. Um, with a, a with I'm just a waiting man. for for Justine. Oh well, I mean he's he's got a whole host of bad strikes against him that are very unchristian like, and uh, for the record, I'm not very much of a religious person myself. But uh, like I said uh, two episodes ago, uh, Jesus said shit that y'all would not have liked. <laughs> you know that Truly. y'all don't like Truly. today. You know, as much as we do the whole, like, oh, yes, well, he washed the foot of a leper, and, like, he uh, he kissed the foot, sorry, he kissed the foot of a leper, he washed the feet of a prostitute, like, he he cared about uh, strangers, he didn't care what background you were from or what god you worshipped, all he knew to preach was, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor, love thy neighbor. Jesus, like, Jesus, with hookers and bums. Yeah. And you know, and you know what you know what they did? They founded the religion that y'all like to hide behind for your weird ass bigotry. Just saying. Oh. But then, like, so let's let's uh, let's piggyback off of that and uh, talk about uh, the legacy virus. Another really really big X Men storyline mm-hmm. from the nineties that involved a mysterious virus that only mutants got All right and died from. And Sounds it, like. Manifested in boils and and lesions and does that sound familiar to you? Oh yeah, uh, the eighties. The eighties, interesting. So uh, yeah, these are like these are yeah. The there's there's definitely they, yeah. There's definitely a lot of allegorical connections between queer liberation movements and you know black liberation movements and. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the X-Men are one of the few, you know, uh, the, one of the few comic book characters. I was trying to find something a little more profound than that. Um, That's fine. That focuses exclusively on oppression, like fringe communities facing oppression by, you know, capital society, I guess. Yeah. There, there is a a, a a theory that I cannot verify. It. I have not yet been able to verify it. Uh, but the X Men, or rather Charles Xavier and uh, Eric Lencher, Magneto, were uh, created in the likeness of Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And Arrested Development narrator, they were not. Right, the, like. There's still no no evidence of Stanley saying that, but whatever. Um, can I just um, can can I go back to that real quick? Yeah. One thing that I find very funny is that that's like a uh, that's like an urban legend that persists to this right. day, and that's some other sticking point that people make about the X Men that really annoys me, because it does two things. It deifies. Professor X and Magneto as if they mm-hmm. haven't consistently been two of the messiest white men in X-Men comics. <laughs> Truly. With each other, with their own students, with their own followers, with themselves. Uh, oh. And then two, it paints Martin Luther King 
as a respectability guy, yeah. which he was not. Absolutely. He very much was a proponent of warning against white allyship because right. he always felt it was conditional. I mean, it didn't stop him from fucking white women, but whole other stuff. Wow. Okay. So the point is, it doesn't really change the fact that in his eyes, calling yourself a white ally and doing the work are two different things. And Absolutely. for and for Professor X, merely saying that you were was good enough for him. You didn't it, mm. inaction is just as condemnable as action in in that my is eyes. Really interesting. And then two, it paints Malcolm X as a violent megalomaniac. Which he as it wasn't. Which he wasn't, and not only was he not, but if you look at some of the later Magneto stuff, you can definitely see the Malcolm X reflected because there's a lot more ideological aspects to Magneto's thinking that sort of line up with uh, Malcolm X's. You know, there's the, the concept of Genosha. That was, uh, mm -hmm. that was a project of Magneto's to build an island utopia for mutants. And there was a part of uh, Malcolm X's life where he was very much a return to Africa, but even he knew right. that was not exactly viable for most African Americans. So it was more of like, uh, learn your culture. Remind yourself every day that Christianity, that was, that's the white man's religion. That was not given right. to you. That was not, that was not given to your uh, predecessors. That was uh, forced on you by Eurocentric thinking. Uh, learning to uh, work as a unit of black people. Yeah. yeah, learning to work as a... Exactly. We're learning to work as a collective in order to bring about... Um, and I'm sorry, there's no real other way to say this because it's just the truth, to bring about uh, black supremacy, to to put value in your own because the outside does not put value on you. And these are not things that Magneto did until much later after people were very more vocally saying things like, yes, uh, Professor X, Mal uh, MLK, uh, Magneto, Malcolm X. You know, that right. simply was, that was never the case. I don't care how many times people quote Stanley as having said that was the case. Um, somebody telling you something is not indicative of that being the truth. You j look right. at the writing. You know, look at the writing, look at the philosophical teachings and uh, ideological uh, statements made by both of those actual real-life men and then tell me that anything that Magneto or Professor X lined up with that. It unfortunately doesn't, you know? I would it, like it to I have. I don't. It, it would be nice if uh, characters would reflect uh, real-life ideological teachings that sort of show um, what it's like to live in an oppressive, pro-white capitalist society. But unfortunately, you know, that's not where we're at. <laughs> you know, we're in a world where we have to see people uh, drop hard R's and uh, talking about uh, females, you know? Oh, God. Well, our comics woke, absolutely. And I, I hope they don't stop being woke. I hope. I, one thing I, I, I always tell people is, especially people with children, 
if you want to teach your kids about the world, give them a comic book. Because comics are probably, you know, outside of, you know, novels or whatever, but comics are one of the few digestible uh, art forms that are unashamed about talking about the horrors of the world. If you want your child to learn about racism, homophobia, sexism, just pick up a fucking X-Men comic because it's all laid out on the page. It's all in there. <laughs> it's all there. You know, except for like Captain the America. early the early 90s, like the early to well, mid 90s is a weird time. But like Captain America punching Nazis. We should all be punching Nazis. Superman beating up the entire KKK. Right. Like if you want to teach your ch- children and you want them to understand if you want them to be better, you know, contributors to society, if you want to raise them right, give your children my book. It will teach them so much. And it's not a childish art form. It's not like, I remember, you know, I still collect comics to this day. Um, and my mom would always get on me and she's like, you know, you're a grown ass man. Stop, stop collecting comics. Yeah. I learned about the world because I read comics. I learned about the horrors of the world because I read comics. I learned a, a little bit about self-expression and and self-acceptance through comic books you know that escape, as as childish as it may seem that escape is necessary for especially a child like me a young brown, queer man that shit is necessary so i say all that to say if you could awoke comic book it's not gonna hurt not only is it not gonna hurt it's definitely gonna help yeah and the pictures are nice too and the pictures are nice too also since we're talking about the pay artists, please. Yeah, none of this AI Marvel, stuff. I'm talking Cut to it you, out. fucking artists. Yeah, they 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 started with the AI stuff that that Loki poster, and I was just like, no, 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 we don't have to do all that. There's perfectly good, then, talented, real life people out there that can do all of your uh, graphic design. And then, like the whole intro for for a Asian, all AI. Oh my god, that's that's awful. <laughs> they didn't have to do that. And it, it put me in such a difficult position. I was like, oh, I really want to watch this show. Didn't put me in a difficult position. That show sucked. And on the next episode of The Ev. Oh, we are not we'll defending that show, are we? <laughs> no, I didn't hate Again, I'm always in the minority. I did not hate it as much as everybody else did. But, you know. Okay. That's fair. On next week's episode. <laughs> on, oh. on next week's episode of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, quick correction because it's been on my mind since the minute I uh, listened back to it. Uh, I said that Ben Riley was Superman, and I've been cringing at no. myself for the entire week. Uh, so ben I... Riley was Spider Man. I'm sorry uh, to anybody and everybody that heard it. I I realized what I said immediately after. I'm so sorry. I heard it, and like my eye twitched. But then it just went in one ear and out the other. But so I didn't realize I what that that's meant. what had come out of my mouth, honestly. And I I, I feel like such a failure as a nerd because he does have like one of the cutest little uh, Spider-Man designs. I love that little uh, that blue vest, that blue sweater vest. Yeah. All right. And on that note, are you've we been out? on the Ave? Yeah, you've been on the Ave. We have been on the Ave. And again, in the words of. Uh, Bob Barker's Black Tether. 
I don't know where I came up with that. It's such a weird thing to say. I'm not going to stop saying it. Please don't. Uh, in the words of Bob Barker's Black Tether, uh, spay and neuter your pets. And in the words of Jerry Springer, take care of yourselves and each other. And on that note, we out.